Three Brothers, One Mike is a weekly podcast put together to help motivate and inspire our listeners both mentally and physically in the hopes of helping you be the best you. Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Brothers, One Mike. I'm Joe and as always my brother Coach Tony is here. Tony? Hello once again out there at T-Bob Land. Another fantastic show in store for you today. Uh, Listen, if you're wondering just how bad it can get When you push yourself too hard thinking it's the only way to be the best you, you may want to stick around for the second segment of this show today, trust me. But but first, how about we do a feel-good story, maybe to start today's show off, get the show off on the right foot, so to speak. Um, I think that's the way to go, Joe. What do you think? Absolutely. Always a a, a good way to start off things. Sure. So let's let's talk about an Armenian Olympic championship swimmer by the name of Savash K. Rapidian. K. Rapidian. Now, I looked up different uh, pronunciations of his name, and that was one of them. Uh, when you look at his name, it doesn't look like it may sound that way, although the last name looks pretty close, but not the first. But it is Savash K. Rapidian. And uh, Savash, you know, in 1976, all right, he and his brother were finishing up a 12-mile run. Why not? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and they, they witness they witness a trolley bus crash into a reservoir about 80 feet offshore from their location where they were at so you know they witnessed this trolley uh, bus crash into the water and the bus was estimated to have sunk maybe 33 feet or so into the water uh savage okay dives into the cold water and swims to the trolley then goes underwater He's trying to figure out how to get to these people that are in there. Now, evidently, where the people are trapped, there is uh, an air compartment. So it's not that the trolley is completely full of water at this point. But where the people are trapped, he's trying to figure out how to get to them. He can't figure out any other way to do it except by kicking in the back window, which he injured injured himself pretty bad, Mm -hmm. and was able to bring one by one to safety from underwater to the shore, 20 people. Nine, from what I understand, may have saved themselves, and there was a little bit more that went with that. Mm -hmm. But uh, 20 people, one by one. Now, the water was freezing cold. You know, this this heroic act landed him in the hospital for more than a month due to injuries, breaking the window and the cold water and so on and so forth. He developed things like sepsis, pneumonia, uh, a lot of different types of, you know, things that that cause lung damage, uh, which, you know, it ended his athletic career. And it doesn't it doesn't end there, though. <clears throat> this one night, you know, just saving 20 lives from underneath, you know, the water uh, from a trolley crash. It doesn't end there. In 1985, which was what, about 11 years later, not even um, uh, actually nine years later, uh, he was walking down the road in his town and noticed that a building was on fire. So what, what does Savash do? He does what? He always does, right? He races in mm-hmm. and saves many people trapped inside. I never got the exact number on that. But again, he was hospitalized for a lot of different injuries, smoke inhalation, a lot of different injuries suffered from the from the fire itself, uh, you know, during the rescue. But here's the good news. He's alive and well today. And at approximately 67 years old now, he's doing just great now. I mean, how often does that really happen to a human being? Not once, but twice in their lifetime. Right. That's right. that's a that's a great story. 
Yeah, no, I agree. So yet another example of the best you, right? Mm -hmm. Even a little beyond the best you when you think about it. One thing to point out in this incredible story was that Savash, 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 Savash's brother, mm -hmm. uh, his name is Como. That's how they pronounce it. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, it's spelled like camo, but it's Como. Yeah. He was right there to help him pull out each person he brought up to safety. Yeah. He himself was also a champion swimmer. Mm -hmm. uh, they did drag 20 to safety and approximately nine did save themselves, but several did perish uh, that night as well. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing that I read, which makes this an amazing story, is that, Tony, you mentioned a minute ago about Savash. So is it Savash or Savash? It's Savash. It's, it's Savash. R is silent Savash. as can be from all the pronunciations that I saw. Right. So Savash uh, did need to retire mm -hmm. after all of his injuries, but but – not before, and despite all the injuries that you mentioned, mm -hmm. he would swim one more competition. And get this, with all the injuries to his lungs, uh, he swam his last championship race with his brother, Como, mm -hmm. uh, running the length of oh, – he Como was running the length of the pool by his brother, uh, mm -hmm. just in case he passed out. Uh, not only did Savage not pass out, mm -hmm. he won yet another championship and set a world record in that event. At that point, of course, he did retire. But right, wow! I mean, that's just crazy. Obviously, yeah. I mean that 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 is that is an absolutely amazing story, and it's all true. It's all fact checked. We really uh, dove deep to make sure that this was one hundred percent true. I think there's actually a movie about this as well. If you guys, if you guys Google this gentleman, you know, um, again, I'm going to spell his name real quick for them. So mm -hmm. if they wanted to Google it. Um, I am looking for his name, and it is okay. Savash is S H A V A R S H, and Carapetian is K A R A P E T Y A N. If you Google him, you can find uh, the story, and you can find the different uh, the short movie that is uh, all about him. And what an amazing, what an amazing gentleman! Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. All right. So this seems like a perfect place uh, for us to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor before moving on with our show, where we're going to start to discuss rhabdomyolysis and the harm it can cause when we approach our training with the wrong mindset and push a little too hard too fast. Stick around, folks. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, so listen, last week we dove into overtraining and how we at times get so focused on our training to, you know, to perfect ourselves, to make ourselves the best we can be. We push the limits physically and neurologically causing damage to ourselves that could have been prevented. And we talked about that last week. If you have not listened to that show, which was episode 14, stop right here. Mm. Now go listen to it and come on back again. The importance of following the journey cannot be emph uh, emphasized enough the way we emphasize this uh, every single week. So today we tackle a specific concept, or should I say disease, that can sneak up on you when putting your body under too much stress too often. That, that, you know, that disease is called rhabdomyolysis. If, if you recall, we talked about a couple different types of overtraining last week. We talked about generalized, which is your typical head-to-toe training, and we talked a little bit about the neurological part of this situation when it came to the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. Now you're asking yourself, what was that all about? What, were the, what do those two things mean? Go back to episode 14 and watch it before you come to this one, and you'll know, again, the importance of 
listening to each show in order. So we talked about generalized training. I mean, about uh, overtraining. And then we talked about localized overtraining. And that's when you're talking about a specific, you know, uh, area of your body, specific muscle group, a specific muscle that is having all kinds of problems as far as the overtraining effect is concerned. Uh, You know, we're going to stick with localized muscular overtraining in this in this particular show, which can result in the syndrome we are targeting today. Rhabdo, rhabdomyolysis, a result of localized muscular overtraining. Now, there are a number of causes, okay, when it comes to rhabdomyolysis. It's not just over the overtraining effect when it comes to exercise. Uh, physical torture can lead to rhabdo. And when I say physical torture, you're I mean exactly that, folks. Uh, For example, child abuse. That can lead to a lot of stress on the body, which can cause rhabdo. Uh, Drug and alcohol abuse can definitely be something that can cause so many different problems with the body that can lead to rhabdo. Prolonged seizures. And everybody knows what happens to the body when somebody is having a seizure. If they're having it for quite some time, it can lead to rhabdomyolysis. a prolonged coma when somebody's in a coma for an extended period of time can lead to rhabdo. And so that's just that's just four other areas we're looking at when it comes to rhabdomyolysis. However, you know, for our purposes here, for this show here today, uh, and, and what this show is really all about, we're going to stick with muscle trauma due to extreme physical activity, such as extreme workouts for prolonged periods of time with minimal rest which can also lead to rhabdo. Now, you can find thousands of articles that have been published about rhabdo, but we will keep it as simple as possible here, okay? There is an article published in the National Library of Medicine in 2005, and it found, and you, you could find this on PubMed.gov. Uh, it, well, you know, let's call it a review more than anything else. It's not just an article, it's a review. And the, and the review is called Bench to Bedside, and it's by Dr. Anna El Huerta Allardin. And she is a gastroenterologist, and she points out the symptoms of rhabdo that an individual can expect, which may lead to their cause for concern. Always it's a good idea to have an idea of what your symptoms are. Uh, you're not a, we're not doctors, right? Most of the people listening to the show, if you are a doctor, then that's a different story. But if you're not, just because you're not a doctor doesn't mean you shouldn't know when you're having certain symptoms, what it may be and what your cause for concern may be so that you need to, you know, uh, seek medical attention, uh, as soon as possible, actually. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, you know, these symptoms include, but they're not restricted to pain and swelling of the muscles. Now keep in mind that muscle trauma is the most common cause of rhabdo. Um, uh, darker pigmentation, or what we see in our stu- in, in the studies we are looking at, uh, we they refer to it as a tea-colored urine. Okay, mm-hmm. which is obviously a lot darker than our urine is in most cases. Uh, an individual that's undergoing flu-like symptoms, chills, shakes, fever, uh, things of that nature, can be rhabdo. Uh, when you are training your body to exhaustion and not paying attention to your resting periods and you're being extremely explosive over long periods of time and you're not following your training the way you should and you start feeling like you are run down like as if you have the flu, that may indeed be a sign of rhabdo. Mm. So, I mean, and that's interesting. I mean, it really is. So, you know, and that being said, uh, uh, another symptom 
that would have to be measured through test results. So this symptom here is something that uh, when you go to the doctor and they take your blood work and they send it to the lab, uh, it would be the elevation of creatine kinase. Your creatine kinase levels in your blood uh, are actually elevated to a serious, um, a serious level. Uh, that would indicate serious muscle injury. Uh, I'll say this about creatine kinase in order not to go science crazy on you. When elevated to an extreme, it can cause major problems for your kidneys. Hmm. All right. I know a lot of people are saying, what is creatine kinase? What, what is that? I'm, again, I'm going to say this. Okay. When it's elevated to an extreme, this is not something you're going to recognize on your own. This is going to be something that the doctor recognizes based on work coming back from laboratories. Okay. That, that, that they sent your blood work into. So when elevated to an extreme and the doctor will predetermine that, it can cause major problems for your kidneys. If there is a problem with it because you went to the doctor and told him or, or her your symptoms and they ran the tests, they will immediately pick up on that. Again, with the symptoms above, go to your medical physician ASAP. In furthering our research and from what we studied, uh, or actually say, uh, I should say from what I studied uh, and wrote an essay on leading to one of my certifications with the International Sports Sciences Association, the ISSA, we find that exercise such as military training, CrossFit training, marathon running, and preparation for multiple sports have led to this syndrome over time. This is where coaches and trainers are on notice, folks. If you're out there and you're a coach or a trainer, <laughs> you are now on you're now on notice. I'm going to point out one research article to make to make my point here. A research article entitled Exertional Rhabdomyolysis, which was published by the Boston Sports Medicine and Performance Group, took a look at strength staffs in the collegiate world and their knowledge and understanding of rhabdo and overexertion in sports training. It pointed out all the aforementioned points I have already made earlier. What was the most important part of this article was the prevention portion. So in other words, when they were looking at how well are strength staffs prepared to recognize these symptoms and handle them, even more so they wanted to know, did they understand the preventative measures that needed to be taken before that actually happened to these athletes? And there's a series of points to be made here when it comes to preventative measures. Actually, there's eight points. One, attacking mentally and physically challenging and exhausting workouts should only be done with extremely well-conditioned individuals. I'm going to, for each one of these, I'm going to say something. If you have a group of seniors that have been going through your workouts for three years now, and they understand what is expected of them, and they've stayed with it, they've stayed the journey, they are strong in their foundational training, and you have basically logged over a period of time their development, okay, how they have developed over time and increased their strength, their speed, their explosiveness, and you have these individuals in that book, in that section of that book, okay, you can easily move them forward little by little, making sure they can handle a little bit more. But if you have incoming freshmen coming in to your program and you're just throwing them into Olympic weightlifting training, that's an absolute no-no. An absolute no-no. That's just one example of what that means. Number two, hydration is absolutely essential here. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have, we've said this already, we're going to have an entire show on hydration. You have to understand the importance of water intake as well as other um, uh, drinks that are, you know, uh, electrolyte heavy to help your body, uh, to make you capable of handling that type of workout with that much stress that you're putting on your body. Hydration before, during, and after. And we're going to talk all about that in that show about hydration. And you're going to be able to plug that show into that segment right there, into this particular segment right here. How much water should I be drinking? How many, you know, what, when is it time to start adding electrolytes to that, not just water? And I promise you that's in the very near future. When, you know, in the number three, when an individual, okay, is trying to lose weight for any reason, listen to me, wrestlers, for any reason, Listen to me, boxers, to meet an upcoming date for any type of competition, for example, never should they manipulate their diet, but increase the intensity of their workout. So if there's a certain diet you're following for a certain intensity of a workout you're doing program, and then you suddenly are told by the coach or the trainer, you need to lose three pounds and make weight. You do not stop eating and increase the intensity of your workout. That's an absolute no-no. That is definitely a road to rhabdo. Okay? Make sense? Joe, Joe, when you're listening to that, does that make perfect sense to you, what I said there in number three? Well, yeah, it's the whole idea of, of uh, uh, we talked about this before, when um, just in overtraining uh, on a lighter version, right, uh, that just because we have an event coming up or a meet or, an, you mm -hmm. know, a, a sporting event, uh we will tend to overtrain, which is pretty much what you're saying here, right? We, right. Uh, we want to try to maintain the course. Don't amp it up just because right. we have something coming up. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the wrong route to take. Uh, and, and with that being said, we move right into number four. Uh, the minute, the minute you as an individual experience any of the aforementioned symptoms mentioned minutes ago in this particular show, mm -hmm. you should contact your physician immediately. That you Now, listen, a lot of times people say, well, that's common sense, but I want everyone to think about times when you've had a little ache or a little pain or a little this or a little that, and you thought, you know what, uh, it's nothing, it's no big deal. And I get that, but when you feel like you've had the flu for a week and you are somebody who's been really pushing the limits in, in the weight room, you may have a situation where you need to get that checked out, okay? Sure. So an hour after you feel it, no. Seven days later, there's no more excuses. Number five, this is for everybody. Always have a full medical evaluation on hand and completed. So you as an individual and your trainer or your coach or both or all three of you know how far to push it. Slow and steady. Joe, I said this a million times. Slow and mm -hmm. steady wins the race. You have to make sure. If um, if I was was a, you know if I were a trainer or a coach, uh, simple evaluation is fine. A park cue is always a great idea, um, just to understand. And again, it, that's uh, this just goes with the simple fact that everybody should pass a medical evaluation with their physician before they enter in, into any type of physical fitness training program. Um, again, you might say that's common sense, but people don't do that. They don't do it. Number six. As we move down the list, excessive 
DOMS. Now, you guys remember that was delayed onset muscle soreness that we talked about a little bit during our warm-up cool-down uh, stretching routine show. And, and so with the excessive DOMS, as we refer to it lovingly, um, you remember when we talked about this, Joe had actually asked me the question, how long should you feel this particular type of soreness in your muscles? And we always we, we did talk about how it's the second day after the workout where it is at its worst. If it's still going on, ladies and gentlemen, four, five, six, seven days later, that's a problem. That That's a problem uh, if the same muscles in a specific area of your body are hurting so bad that you're having a hard time just functioning with daily functioning movements. Uh, it's time to go get checked. So make sure that you understand that. Number seven is a big one for all you. This is usually boys. This is usually guys. Your ego. Leave it at the door. Now, let me tell you something. I understand that the guy next to you might be a little bit stronger, a little bit faster. So your whole idea in your head is I have to be the same as my teammate over here and I got to get there as fast as possible. That's a surefire way to make sure not only do you not catch up to your teammate, but that you digress to the point where you actually fall behind the next five teammates behind you because you're literally going to do that to your body. Again, another surefire way, if not rhabdo, the overtraining effect in general is going to take place and it's going to set you back. So do not worry about trying to be the best guy next to you. Worry about being the best you and pushing yourself to your limits, not theirs. It's as simple as that. And people who you're doing better than, you should always be coaching them up to understand that. They should not be chasing you. They should be chasing themselves every time or the best version of themselves every time. And eight, and finally, foundational training, remember that, is absolutely the approach and constant evaluation is the prevention process to avoid overtraining. We talked about we talked about foundational training in previous shows. We talked about the different movements that you should be practicing first and how to add intensity over periods of time. And foundational training could be as short as three to six weeks or it could be six <clears> months depending on whether or not you're a sedentary person or somebody who's just coming off a couple of weeks of injury and then getting back into the gym. So many different situations that was already talked about on another show. Again, follow the journey. Follow the journey. So that being said, although this is a rare situation when it comes to training, when it comes to rhabdo, and hospitalization, believe it or not, is not common if it's taken care of immediately with rest, doctor evaluation, hydration. We've talked about that already. It is still to be taken very seriously. Extreme situations can lead to problems with the kidneys. We talked about that. Eventual kidney and organ failure. And inevitably, you can die. And... Today, in the second segment of this show, we are going to find out just how serious this can get for somebody as the young lady that we're going to have on this show has a telling tale of what happened to her when it comes to rhabdomyolysis, something that you definitely want to stay tuned for. Uh, T, you know, I, I, I have a question. Sure. Uh, you know, everything being said, obviously all very valuable information Uh would you say is it safe to say that although it's rare, right? Uh, rhabdo is rare. Is it less common with those that are in shape, like conditioned people, as opposed to mm. those who are out of shape, like deconditioned, uh, deconditioned 
people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, individuals. Individuals, yeah. Uh, that assumption would be correct. Uh, sedentary people who do not partake in a lifestyle of fitness can definitely succumb much easier to rhabdo. Um, again, an important reason why slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I would think that was an obvious uh, assumption, but we know yeah. what right. you say about assuming. Right. So. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, so then are there any other conditions that may uh, make people more susceptible to rhabdo? Uh, there are. There's certain medications, and I don't know what they are. This is what I've read before. Uh, like I said, I did an essay on this. Um, there are certain medications uh, that can actually help aid in the development of rhabdo, uh, as well as it is genetic as well. Um, so that's something you should look at always is family history. Uh, those are two factors right there that your medical professionals would and should determine where you are at physically. And one reason why you should always be cleared by a medical professional for physical fitness programs. Okay. So when, when you're saying about, uh, coaches and trainers being on the clock here, mm. um, you're saying, you're saying to all of them, it's time to start paying closer attention to your clients and your athletes and making sure that they gradually ease them into the more difficult and explosive training. Yes. Uh, making sure also that rest is a vital part of the whole training journey, right? Safe to say, yes, 100%. Okay, okay. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll start with our interview uh, with a fantastic young lady and her confrontation with Rabdo as she met the syndrome head on and it almost cost her her life. You do not want to miss this. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we have the opportunity to really show you, okay, show everyone how the concepts we have been teaching the last two shows are very real. Our guest today lives in Goodyear, Arizona via Youngstown, Ohio. She's a Youngstown, Ohio native. She and her husband, Aaron have been married for 25 years. I'm not trying to give anybody's age away here. <laughs> 25 years. They've been together for 28. They have two wonderful children, Andrew, who is 20 years old and will be starting his junior year of college this August, and Josh, who's getting ready to go into his sophomore year of high school, is 15 years old. And so without further ado, please welcome to Two Brothers, One Mike, Mrs. Kim Rigetti Svebik. How did I do on that, Kim? Did I get that last name right? Dude, you did amazing. You would I'm think so, so proud of you. You would think somebody with the last name Sargentopoulos, a six-letter last name wouldn't be that hard. Right? But I always mess that up. I always mess that up. Right. Well, I mean, Rigetti. And I went to Svebic because it was swankier. <laughs> and okay. it would fit on the back of a jersey. That was my whole thinking there. Well, you're talking to Sargentopoulos is here. So, yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> so, so listen, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So listen, let me let me get right into this. Not right into it, but okay. we, we chatted several weeks ago in, in, a, in a car ride. Right. Uh, we were just talking about anything and everything. And ironically, I realized that the show that, that Joe and myself are going to be doing in a few weeks now had an interview to go with it just from our conversation. So I think here's what I want to do. Okay. okay. I want to get into what happened in 2015, but, but first let's tackle Kim Rigetti. That okay. would be, that would be BA before Aaron. Oh, and, and, and here's why. Okay. Uh, I think it ties in with, with something. Okay. Joe and mm -hmm. I talked about in our, in our last show, when it comes to how we view ourselves and wanting to hurry and get to the best us physically. Right. right? So my question to Kim Rigetti is what led you to a lifestyle of fitness? 
Oh gosh, how long that's is a the very, podcast? It's a very general question. If the floor is yours, and Sweet. yeah, so and I'm so shy. I'm so shy. <laughs> nobody's listening. Nobody. No. No. Nobody's I hate listening. To talk. Yeah. Um, okay, so Kim Rigetti, um raised in a house with uh, two older brothers in Salem, mm-hmm. Ohio. I'm actually from Salem. Fabe, my husband, is from um, Austintown. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, they were born, they were raised to be athletes. They were fed like athletes. They were football players. And the more you ate, uh, the more impressive you were. Well, as a girl, that mm-hmm. same thing didn't fly especially if you weren't spending the time on a football field. Mm-hmm. And so body image started there. Body image and love, I felt, were dependent upon my size okay. and the way I looked. And that followed me for many, many years. Um, it created a, an eating disorder in me. Um, I was a closet overeater. Um, I tried the bulimia out. It didn't work for me. I mm-hmm. tried it anorexia. I don't know how those people would do that. I liked food too much. Um, so any, honestly, any negative emotion that I would have throughout my life, uh, which was tumultuous, um, it was hard, broken home. Um, my dad and mom did their best, but it Mm -hmm. was a broken home full of a lot of hardship. And that's for another podcast. Mm. Um, so an eating disorder was just kind of a given in my dysfunctional world. And honestly, uh, the whole calories in, calories out was the whole motto of my life growing up. But for a football player, I mean, you guys know how much time football players spend on the field and training, conditioning. Mm-hmm. It's not hard for a young guy to, you know, eat two, three plates of spaghetti, right. but burn it off in two days. At that age, at the age that, yeah, at that age, definitely not that, not that hard to do. Exactly. So when I worked through my um, eating disorder, and that would have been 1991, Mm -hmm. um, to the point where it was so bad, I would just want to eat away any negative emotion. Um, And I, you remember my leather coat, I wore my leather coat because on, on the campus of Youngstown State University because I didn't feel good about myself. Folks, for for those of you who are saying you remember, she, you're like, how does he remember her leather coat? I've known Kim that long. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So just just to get that out there, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, if, if I could sit her down and just love on her, and honestly I have, and just tell her it was going to be okay and you're mm-hmm. going to be, uh, you're going to be okay. You're going to get through this. You're going to be on the other side. And it's all going to start with um, forgiveness of all things. Then that that would be really cool to know then what I know now. Right. My heart goes out to to young girls that uh, I see that same look on their countenance Mm -hmm. that I had. Downcast, sad, some despair and hopelessness, not sure what to do with themselves. Yeah. And so, and that right there can lead people down that journey, down that pathway that once they find that lifestyle of fitness, fair to say, you kind of hit the ground running and forget whatever happened behind you. And you almost use a lifestyle of fitness as a way to try and forget about what happened in the past, Mm -hmm. uh, almost like a complete focus on never going back in that direction. And you kind of forget about 
uh, slow and steady wins the race and you kind of hit it the ground, you hit the ground running too hard, too fast. Um, right. Right. And, and, but and so, in my case, go ahead. in my case, it happens. So my experience with Rabdo happened in 2015. So mm-hmm. 1995, when I got married, I was 50 pounds. Let's see. Did I lose 50 pounds? I weighed less <laughs> with both full term going into delivery than I did at my heaviest. Okay. I'm easy real estate techs coming in. The market in Phoenix is nuts. Um, oh, that's okay. <laughs> anyway, so I hit the ground running. However, it was all calories in, calories out. I didn't have any other tools in my tool belt. Okay. So coming into 2015, I had a lot more tools. I was uh, a varied exerciser. I enjoyed being fit, being a fit mom. Um, I, th- that was an exciting time for me, you know, running and. So, and so 2000, yeah, 2011, yeah. Uh, if I could back up four years, you began uh, your journey as, as a fitness instructor, um, teaching mm-hmm. Zumba, if I'm not mistaken. That was my first group X, um, certification Zumba. Um, actually my brother uh, passed away. He took his own life in 2011 Mm. and I was in a rut. I had been running, I'd been spinning, um, you know, I I was doing whatever felt good, you know, as far as exercise goes, but I was a little too upset to be doing the mind body connection with spinning and running. I would cry all the time. I'd cry in the middle of the Y spinning class. What is up? What you can't do that. And then I would cry while I was on a run because it's really, there's a connection there while you're running, you know? I I, I do. Yeah. So Mm. I wanted to forget. So I found Zumba by accident. Uh, I went to a class. I loved it. And the instructor was like, why aren't you instructing? I said, I have no clue. Okay, let's do this. And um, I got my instruction license in 2011. Okay. And so, so the next four years, mm-hmm. you're a Zumba instructor, you're moving forward. What was the, what was the best part of that experience? Um, gosh, everything, uh, unhinging women's hips, hmm. making them feel sexy at any age. Okay. Um, watching people come alive in my class, mm. owning, owning an auditorium, um, Owning it, meaning just—I don't know—my energy, bringing my energy and my passion, and being just in charge people of it, yeah. come alive. Yeah, mm. it was beautiful. Well, I got so many thank you notes about yeah. women who, at, at certain ages, forget how to be sexy and feminine, and yeah. so. Yeah, I, I saved uh, marriages. Hey, I, I tell people this all the time, and, and some people don't believe me when I say this, but greater than any monetary value ever is watching other people succeed and knowing that you had a hand in that, knowing yeah, you had something beautiful. to do with that. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, and, and that's that's beautiful stuff right there. And so you're- And you're, my own delts in the mirror was nice too. I'm just okay, going to say. That's all right. You, you <laughs> let it out. Let, let, yeah, let the, let the world know. But so that being said, you know- mm-hmm. August 28th, 2015, that that's yeah. when it all changed. We, we've, yeah. we've talked extensively about overtraining, uh, in the last mm-hmm. show as well as the opening segment of this one. And, you know, specifically in this show, we've been talking about Rabdo, uh, mm-hmm. and, and we understand the theory, 
uh, behind it after everything that we've talked about. But but you have a chance here to talk about the reality. So so where where you know and, and what you know, that had to be a nightmare all the way around. What can you tell us about where did it start and and what was that process? How what happened? I. <sighs> God, while you're in it, you have no clue what's going on. Mm. You really don't. You think it's the flu. You think it's, uh, mm. you know, sun poisoning, sunstroke, whatever. I mean, for goodness sake, I live in, you know, Southwest Phoenix, uh-huh. Goodyear, and it was 118 at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, so getting ready for those, uh, I wasn't used to that. And I just come back from Ohio and I had taught classes in Ohio because my peeps had missed me. Mm-hmm. And, um, actually my chicas, it was the Kim and her chicas. Um, <laughs> yeah, Aaron, Aaron did that. So anyway, I had just come back from a long trip. I was really involved in some things. It actually is for me after I thought about it, I, I kind of took it from the moment when I was in the hospital and when I got out and things quieted down for me, I kind of backstepped to see where I missed it, Mm -hmm. where I didn't listen to my body, where I was in trouble. So when I would overteach in Y-Town, right, between Uh Y's and private classes, and it was nothing for me to do two a days and run um, because it wasn't going to kill me. It was only going to make me stronger. Mm-hmm. Wrong. Yeah. No, not wrong. Yeah. Um, anyway, I uh, I just thought about different things. So I would get real tired um, in Ohio when I would overteach and uh, maybe adrenal fatigue. And so I went down to one class a week in Youngstown just thinking that at 40 something I couldn't handle it. Okay. I just wasn't handling it the right way. Right. And I was giving 200% in every class that I gave. Otherwise, why instruct? So you're you're actually not just teaching the moves. You're doing them with the class. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm the show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I got you. I got you. Because you bring the energy. Mm-hmm. So your class is as good as you are. Right. And that's what I would pride myself on. I got you. Mm-hmm. And- so any... And uh, so when it came down to, you know, August 28th, 15, it was, uh, it was many days of ignoring, laying down, going to bed and feeling myself sink beyond my body into my pillow. Like a very strange sensation. It was, um, can I get through another class with a zip fizz or a cup of coffee? Mm. Um, or two cups of coffee? Do I, do I need to graduate to Red Bull? Um, it's not going to kill me. You know, I have to be there. My people are, are depending on me. Mm-hmm. And it was just, Aaron said afterward, I'm glad it happened because you wouldn't listen to me. He could see it from look outside he, looking in basically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He could see it. He could see it happening. So I would, um, July 31st, I started teaching Zumba here in um, in my community. I live in a, a master planned community, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And I started teaching in our residence center because I, I couldn't find a Zumba class that I enjoyed. Okay. And, um, and honestly, instructors, they like their own classes. They like how they do things. So it's mm-hmm. really hard to find something else. Um, 
so I started teaching some private classes. I grew the class to 25 people when I got six. Wow. I okay. Teaching, I was teaching classes at two different communities. Um, and then I would do substitute teaching. And you're doing, and, and every time you're doing this, every time in other communities, I'm sorry, I cut you off there. So no, you're doing, okay. so you're doing two different areas plus substituting in other communities. And, yes. and so you're actually, and folks remember this and you're physically doing the workouts every time you go from one spot to the next. Yes. Okay. Yes. Physically doing each class. So, and I didn't just, so I had a certain style of Zumba. I loved hip hop. I, mm-hmm. I brought a lot of hip hop to my choreo. I didn't do canned choreo. Okay. Um, and instructors out there would totally understand that statement. Um, okay. And then I did toning. So before Zumba came out with Zumba Strong, I did, I worked out with weights with my girls. Okay. We did abs. We did it all. So I was giving a full body class, cardio and weights in okay. my classes. Yeah. And so now you're into August. Yeah. So I'm doing, I was probably doing eight classes a day <sighs> at, at some point. Oh, or I'm wow. sorry. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. Back that train up. Okay. Eight classes, eight classes a week for me. Okay. And that was a lot. Okay. Yeah. That was a lot. And a mom. Okay. So stay at home right. mom. Not a realtor yet. Well, you have to remember this too. It's not just the overexertion from the physical fitness exercise. It's everything else you're doing physically throughout the day on top of the exercise. So exactly. So that people understand that. And then I came back to Ohio for a trip. I was back there for 10 days, Mm -hmm. um, spent time. I gave a class at the Y with Jason um, because he took over my classes. Okay. Uh, a cool guy named Jason. And then I went down to Virginia, visited my nephew who had just graduated from high school, spent time with him, drove back and then flew back to Ohio or flew back to Phoenix Okay, with the kids. It was a really intense time. And then I was involved in a church production and I did all that along with teaching classes because my classes wanted me to get back into it. And you know, saying it now, no wonder. Holy crap. Right. But we're not, you're not seeing that when you're doing it. You're just no. saying, hey, I'm a busy person taking life by the reins and going. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm the Kim. I mean, the, well, you know, yeah, yeah, the Kim, which is on your license plate now. I think everybody right. should know that. Um, right. And so let me ask you this How much sleep were you getting? I don't even know, T. Mm. I, I don't. I have no clue. Yeah. I, um, Hopefully a lot. Yeah. But probably not. Probably not. No, probably not enough. No. Um, And spending time in the pool, being in the sun. Like I said, it was 118 degrees at the time. Mm -hmm. I do remember that because they thought Aaron was thinking dehydration in the beginning or some kind of sunstroke. But that's not what it ended up being. Yeah. Yeah. So that's leading up to it. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, so we're getting closer and closer to what happens yeah. uh, on that uh, unfortunate day. Uh, that fateful sure. day. Yeah. And, and yeah. so where are we at now? We're getting closer, obviously, to August 28th. Where are we at now? Mm-hmm. So the morning of August 28th, um, Aaron went for a run. He was, uh, uh, you know, he used to run a lot. Now we mountain bike, but he um, used to run all the time. And he got up for a run on a Sunday morning. I was, I got up, took a shower and I figured, well, I'll have the shower out of the way 
and then that'll be done and we'll go to church. We'll get, I'll get ready and go to church and I'll be fast, you know? Mm -hmm. So I took my shower and I felt tired. So I went to bed and I laid down and I thought, well, I'll get up whenever he gets back from his morning run. Um, I couldn't get up. Mm when he got back and I liken it to, you know, when you jack with your animals when mm -hmm. they're sleeping and yeah. you pick up a leg and it falls. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, they're out. Right. Or yeah. Kid. Um, yep. that's, that's how my limbs were heavy. I couldn't function. Just couldn't function. And no, I just, I just couldn't function. And I thought, Oh man, I must be really tired. So there's your brain, right? You're just mm -hmm. kind of, um, living through the moment, not making it a big deal. Right. And, um, so that was Sunday. So I, I don't remember. I think I spent the day in bed on Sunday. Aaron figured it was from, you know, hanging out in the sun and doing that production over the weekend. And I was tired. And so his favorite thing is just to give me Gatorade, okay. right? Mm -hmm. Electrolytes, because we love those in Arizona. In You're Ohio, right. we didn't drink Gatorade, but here... <laughs> It's the second, a, yeah. Yeah, we do electrolytes. Yeah. I got you. Um, so anyway, uh, okay, so that's Sunday. Monday comes, and I'm supposed to teach a class. And I send out a text Sunday night. And it turned out to be what I call prophetic, okay? So mm -hmm. it actually turned out to be real and the truth and kind of forecast what was about to happen. Uh -huh. But I put on my Facebook page... Um, I will not be teaching any Zumba classes indefinitely because I knew laying in bed that I wouldn't be ready for my Monday morning or my Monday evening class. That was a Monday evening class. Mm -hmm. And that was at 530 and I was not going to be able to muster the energy to teach at 530 at night, no matter how many cups of coffee I had. Yeah. I knew something was off. I just didn't know what it was. And then I thought about Tuesday. Okay, will I be ready for Tuesday morning in another community? And I thought, no, I'm not going to be ready for Tuesday morning. I knew that not, that, that something was off. I just you didn't know how long it was going to take. Yeah. <laughs> because I think intrinsically, we know when something is going on. Right. Even if we can't pinpoint it, we know that we need to read something. Right. Because to that point, I wasn't reading anything. Mm -hmm. And now my body's like, okay, Kim, it's about to, it's about to go down. And uh, so that's Sunday. Monday, I sent out the, the, the text or uh, the Facebook post on mm -hmm. Sunday. Monday, I was still in bed and drinking Gatorade thinking that I had to recover from some kind of sun, something or other. Tuesday, I'm still in bed and my neighbors come over to see if I have a fever. And that's the thing. I'm, it's not the flu. It's not, I don't have a fever. I'm just, I can't, I'm just exhausted. Mm -hmm. Absolutely exhausted. And then the fourth day comes and now my mom is getting concerned in Ohio she calls Aaron and says she needs to go to the doctor. He said, I called the ER. They said, it's probably sunstroke. If you want to bring her in, bring her in. Now, here's an interesting caveat to the story. And I don't okay. need to get all political and stupid, okay? No, 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 no. Go ahead. But when you leave a state, 
Okay. And we left in 2014, uh, Austin town, Ohio. Okay. So Aaron, we've been self-employed. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we had medical mutual Ohio and we paid for our own coverage. Okay. And we had good healthcare in Ohio. So Uh in 2014, when we moved to Arizona, we lost our medical mutual Ohio coverage and we had to look into Obamacare. Okay. So this is really important. So sure. for for an individual working and supporting family and Obamacare did not afford us any deals on okay. health. Mm-hmm. It charged it was unaffordable for our family. So we were really nervous about how much our short-term coverage was going to cover when I was laying in bed. Got you. That was a fear before we went to the hospital. Sure. That's why we waited too long. Okay. Do you see I mean, what that, I mean? Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's really important to share because had we known that we were covered and everything would be okay and the bills wouldn't have been astro- astronomical, mm-hmm. we probably would have gone a bit sooner. Right. Okay. So anyway, um, back to the story. It's the fourth day. And I have no doctor to see because I'm not signed up with any doctors out here. We really don't get sick. We're sniffles and scripts. That's what our family is. Thank God. Mm -hmm. And um, I have a, I had a a Zumba. One of the girls in my Zumba class is a pathologist, a forensics pathologist. And she's kind of a big deal. And uh, her husband is an ER doc. Uh-huh. And I won't go over all of the accolades at St. Joe's Hospital, which is the best trauma unit in Phoenix. Okay. But he's kind of a big deal there. Okay. Sure. Well, Aaron mountain bikes with him. They met through Zumba, through this, through me having an instructor relationship with Rebecca. All righty. Okay. So Aaron comes downstairs. He said, there's a doctor that'll see you because he couldn't get me into a doctor. He said, there's a doctor that's going to come and see you. Okay. Who, how, what? And, um, but right before this happened, right before he came down to see it, say a doctor was going to see me, I had a very interesting experience laying in my bed. Okay. And I think this part is, is really important and it's kind of spiritually sticky for your listeners. Um, our right. listeners know what this show is about, and if they follow the journey, they know what we are about. So, it, yeah, it, that is absolutely you. Let us know exactly. We want to know exactly everything that happened uh, that okay. you're willing to tell. Okay, so I'm what you call um, born again, spirit filled, and my brand of crazy. I wear it like a prom dress. That's mm-hmm. what my friends say. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway. Um, so it, it's it's really important. I was laying there on my bed, and Aaron's office is actually my master bedroom, but above. Okay. So I was very weak, very tired, couldn't even scream out a name. And as this was happening, I would not have been able to scream out to Aaron. The kids were at school because in in August they start like August third here. Yeah. In the valley. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. I'm laying on the bed and I remember I was on my stomach and I was just wondering what was going to happen. I was just getting weaker and weaker. And all of a sudden 
I feel it's I, I feel sensations start in my left hand. And it, I felt like a sticker being lifted off of a page. That's the only way that, that the only thing I can liken it to. And the sticker started coming out mm-hmm. off. And I knew in an instant what was happening. I thought my spirit is leaving my body like this. I'm, I'm 43 and this is it. And I'm, wow. I'm feeling it happen. So it continues to lift off. And at that moment, I saw it, like in a vision, I was wide awake, not asleep. And I saw way off in the distance, um, a planet with a really, really beautiful blue sky. I can't even, blue does not describe that sky. Green does not describe the grass, but it was pretty far away. And there were two, two thoughts that came really fast. This probably happened like in milliseconds. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that absent in the body is present with the Lord. Okay. So I felt that in any, at any moment, I was either going to be in the throne room of God or I was going to be in the right corner of our bedroom. I knew exactly where I would be placed over my body to discover me. There was so, one of two things that was going to happen. So, wow. I mean, like all this that's going on at this point, <laughs> yeah. what is the timeline there? Is it literally in seconds this all just takes place or is it over a longer period of time? Um, do, do you have any concept of of time during all this? I have no concept of time. I just know it was on the third or fourth day that it happened mm-hmm. because I was in the hospital that night. And, um, I, I would think milliseconds. I really think because Aaron ran downstairs right after, cause I had to shelf the whole experience because Aaron was like, a doctor's going to see you. Uh, and I didn't want to scare him with what had just happened. Wow. I, I just kind of had to process it all by myself. So he doesn't uh, know about this just yet. No. Okay. He didn't know about it. So, um, I, uh, it got up to my elbow. The sensation got up to my elbow and then it stopped and I snapped back in. It like all came back together. So it wasn't my time. Obviously it wasn't my time. So did this happen where you, where you come back from this situation and it stops right there, the sensation at the elbow. Was this when Aaron ran into the room to tell you a doctor will see you or was this, did this happen before that or after that? It happened like minutes or seconds before he ran in. I got you. Before he ran in. Mm -hmm. And so it's not your time. It's not your time. It's not my time. Is the immediate thought process there? Exactly. What I just thought, holy crap, that was interesting. Lord, thank you for not taking me. I have kids to raise. And, you know, I just thought um, as strong as my faith is and the people that know me who know my relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. um, I think it would have given them some real question marks about God's plans. Right. You know, and yeah, and that's that, that when you think about it, yeah, when you think about it in life, it's, it's, um, it's the unfortunate part, um, Mm -hmm. where people will question why did you take this person 
Um, yeah. you know, and, and, and like I always have told, I've said it in this show before. Uh, I I've said it many a times in life. The questions always come in our time, but the answers come in God's time. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, is it, is it something where it's not your time because you're relatively young and you're still raising children and, and God felt that there's a purpose? I think so. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the way I would look at it. So right. what what is Kim Brigetti Svebik's purpose? What is her purpose now? What have you learned from this? What what is it all brought to you now after that experience? Well, um I just want to share with you what happened in the hospital. Oh, oh, okay. Let's get there. Let's get back there. Yeah. My fault. I'm jumping the gun here. No, that's okay. It's just um, everything that happened after that point. So my friend came. Um, he he brought his cuff and he checked my uh, my heart rate. I was at 40, 40 to 41 beats a minute. And then um, I was craving ground beef before I went to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I did not know this, but he called in his doctor card, Scott, Dr. Scott called in his do- doctor card and said, listen, <laughs> I have somebody coming into your hospital and they're either going to be in kidney failure or they're going to need a pacemaker. So that's what they expected from me coming into the hospital. And um, I was clocking 35 beats a minute. in the Oh, hospital. Wow. So you figure when that out of body started to happen, the sticker, right? Mm-hmm. I was below 35 beats. My body was in crisis and my heart rate was just dropping to compensate. So doctors, as, as I lose my voice here for some reason, I do this every mm-hmm. show. So Dr. Scott basically confirmed that what you were seeing and dealing with was very real. Mm-hmm. I mean, very, very real. Yep. Um, he told Aaron, get her to the hospital right away. Mm-hmm. And he took me. Um, now, it's very interesting that I was craving. I mean, I'm just talking like in the grease, nasty ground beef. <laughs> okay. Okay. Nobody yeah, craves that crap. Nothing. Nothing yeah. healthy. We're not talking healthy here. We're not no. talking healthy fats. We're talking. No. Yeah. Okay. We're okay, talking you cooked it too long because you don't know what you're doing or you <laughs> forgot it on the stove. And used every right. possible oil you could think of to do it. Okay. Just in its own oil. Gross. Just gross, okay. right? Okay. But that's what I was craving. And Aaron said, you're not going to be able to eat once I get to you to the hospital. What do you want? And um, I gritted my teeth like an animal mm-hmm. and said, I want beef. Okay. He goes in like in in sauce, like on spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) How do you want that beef? And I said, just ground beef in a frying pan. And he he was really shocked because I don't eat like that. That is not that is not my gig. So you're not part of the carnivore diet world. You're you're no. Okay, go ahead. All right. No, 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 no. I just made lentil tortillas the other night because it's a good source of protein okay. and fiber. And yes. Okay, they're not amazing. I haven't worked them out yet. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not plant-based either. I'm just balanced. I got you. So anyway, um, oh, so I get to the hospital and uh, my sinus was strong on my heart, but my heart rate was low. Of course, they, you know, wheel, my, wheel me back. And um, so the doctor said, rhabdo. She's got rhabdo. He didn't even look at me. 
I guess he was really good looking. I missed that part. Like young George Clooney. I'm really disappointed. <laughs> yeah, that, I was like, oh, way to go, up. Kim. Way to I miss know. that. Right. <laughs> no. Mm. Did um, Aaron point this out to you? Did your husband? Did. I, 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 I yeah. knew it. He goes, dude, he's like a young George Clooney. <laughs> oh my gosh. And and my best friend and Katie met me at the hospital and she was like, Yeah, it was really good looking. Um anyway. only you could bring this up in a moment like this, but go ahead. <laughs> so my my alarms are going off like crazy because my heart rate was so low. Mm-hmm. And Katie finally said, Can you please take the alarms off of her? Because her, her heart rate is not gonna come up. Like it's not, she has a low heart rate anyway, cause she's, you know, anyway. Um, so they told me I had rhabdo and okay. So you talked about it, you know, on your, um, on your podcast, your episode prior to this. So rhabdo is uh-huh. truly when you don't take the time to recover, when the doctor looked at me and he looked at the shape I was in, he didn't even have to ask. He said, she has rhabdo. We're going to admit her. And Aaron's like, how do you know? You didn't even look at her. He said, she's fit. She's taken uh, saline, like unbelievable. And her heart rate wow. is, you know, plummeting. He said, is she an exercise instructor? And they said, yeah, how'd you know? Said, I just had one in a week ago. Same thing. And she got admitted. So I'd never heard about it in Ohio, but here it's more prevalent. And it could be because of, um, you know, Maybe it, it follows right along with dehydration and that's mm-hmm. what, you know, sends you to the ER because we have very little precipitation and very little humidity out here. Um, but they admitted me pretty quickly and I, I got to spend three days at the hospital. Yeah. Two and a half. Yeah. And, and, and here's here's how serious your situation was. And I mentioned this in the in the opening segment. Mm-hmm. It's not common uh, overtraining is not the most common way to, uh, to get rhabdo. Um, there are so many other ways that you can get it. Uh Overtraining is not one of the top ways to do it, let alone be hospitalized, Mm -hmm. um, by it. So this is a very situation that is not very Mm -hmm. common given your situation. Yeah, it's, Uh, it's rare. Um, but, so some of the guys have experienced it if they're um, mountain biking. Mm-hmm. You know, usually the muscles swell and they're ah. and and things like that. But in my case, it wasn't that. It was uh, I did I think three bags of saline and I finally you know used the bathroom. Yeah. Um, but do your listeners know exactly what rhabdo is now? They they do, but if there's anything mm-hmm. you want to add to it, and I'll let you know. Now, obviously, this hasn't aired yet, so you don't know what you know exactly. The first part of the show was all about, right? But we went into a great detail about about it. But by all means, if there's something you want to add, absolutely go right ahead. Right. The only thing, um, you know, your listeners know how we make lean muscle mass. So you know, you lift, you tear, you get sore, you recover, and. Um, and that's how you create your lean muscle mass mm. is is in that recovery. Well, when you're constantly going at it, when you're mm-hmm. constantly working out, when you're constantly working your muscles, um, those tears get bigger, mm. and they create and, and they create um, you know a big enough gap where that protein, uh, actually called a myoglobulin, comes out into the. I bloodstream. love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, comes out into the bloodstream, and your your kidneys can't filter it. Yes. So um, 25, 
21 or 25, I forget. It's been so many years, but it was 20 something bags of saline to get my numbers down. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and we and we did we did talk about kidney um, the kidneys not operating properly and how that could lead to you know kidney failure and other organs mm-hmm. failing at the same time. But everything you just said as far as myoglobin and everything else and what levels you you were at and the tears mm-hmm. and the tears getting bigger that is not something that we discussed and so that's why you heard me probably say under my breath I love it when you were talking about that because that's yeah. just a little bit more information that they now have that I did not right. discuss in the first part. Right. I think it's important to know that um, what took me there is I wanted to be the best. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be, I wanted to be the best Zoom instructor. I wanted to be the best uh, trainer. I wanted to be the best. And, you know, um, I I try not to do anything Mm half-assed and And coming from where I was, you know, the girl who was afraid of her own shadow to the girl who could, the woman who could walk into a room and own it. And, um, you know, I thought I was being the best I could possibly be. Yeah. But I really was deceiving myself. Yeah. And and, balance is so important. Yeah. And, And when you say that, when you say that, so many people can relate to that. Um, and and, and to your experience, they can't really, a lot of people don't relate to your experience because it does, but hopefully they never have to relate to this particular experience because you've now shed light on Mm -hmm. the reality of Rabdo. We gave the theory, you gave Mm -hmm. the reality and, and and people really need to understand that, you know, and, um, right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Here's, mm-hmm. here's something too that I think everyone should, should kind of, as I speak from 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 the beyond here, I <laughs> is my first my first little uh, uh, input here. Absolutely. Uh, something that I think a lot of people should also bear in mind. We talked about this when I asked that question. Mm-hmm. Who's more apt to going through rhabdo? Somebody who's physically fit or somebody who's not? Uh, a lot of people listening may figure, well. I mean, look what she was doing, and I would never do all that exercise, so I'll be fine. And I think that they need to understand is that, you know, it it is very possible that from just starting out too hard and too fast for mm-hmm. too long mm-hmm. that you could find yourself in the exact same position. It does not. It is not something that only those who are extreme fitness, uh, you know, freaks, if you will, right? Uh, uh, it it it's something that can affect those that are even just starting out, but not knowing how to, again, we talked about foundational, uh, uh, training. We talked about, um, again, slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. Joe, and let me point this out real quick. When you asked me that question about whether it would be easier for someone who is in great shape to get it, as opposed to somebody who is sedentary. Mm -hmm. Um, and I agreed with you that people who are sedentary, uh, could probably, contract this particular disease easier, what I should have added there, and I did not. So let me put this disclaimer in now. Mm -hmm. Uh, If somebody who is in great shape, as Kim is, is following protocol in terms of how to go slow and steady to win the race and be the best they can be, they have a less chance of contracting rhabdo as opposed to somebody who is sedentary who has never worked out before or who has been injured and is coming off of a six-month injury and starts coming into uh, their own in the weight room and trying to do a little bit too much too often too fast with minimal rest involved uh, Mm. that was the point I was trying to make but yes as you can see somebody who is in great shape 
can't push themselves just a little bit too much too often and end up in the same you know situation or position. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to make myself clear on that point that we made in the first segment of the show. You know what I say now is you have to invest in your rest. You have to have balance. And um, I was way, way, way out of balance. If you're if you're exercising in balance, mm-hmm. you're okay. And you and now I just ha- I have to tune into my body. I have to listen. I have to listen to her because she's yeah. talking to me. Yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. And and so that being said, uh, anything else you want to add? I, I don't want to cut you off. I mean, you, this is extremely informative. Um, it's been a great show. Um, mm-hmm. It's been very informative. Um, we're definitely. Uh, let me say this. We definitely from the bottom of our hearts want to thank you for the opportunity, uh, giving us firsthand knowledge and experience of the reality of what can happen when we push ourselves too hard, too fast, mm-hmm. trying to achieve ultimate fitness results as soon as possible. And I think, you know, we're mm-hmm. trying to be the best we can be, as you said, the best us. And I think so many that listen to this particular episode of this podcast here today on two brothers, one Mike are going to get an eye opening story that makes them reevaluate their approach to their own training regimen, regardless of their fitness levels. And, I just want to say it again, and I think I speak for Joe when I say this, Kim. Thank you, and we truly, truly look forward to having you back again in the near future because there's so many other things we want to talk to you about going on uh, as Two Brothers One Mike continues their journey uh, in the near future. Yeah, it's it's been my pleasure. I um, I can't believe this all came out of you, us chatting about Key West. Yeah. Um, you know, a little mm-hmm. while ago. Yeah. I, I, think, um, I think a lot of pride is in training and I can handle more. I can do more. It's not going to kill me. Uh, I can push harder. And, um, you can to a level, you can to a point. Um, but somebody asked me, did you do it to yourself on purpose? And I really had to think about that question Mm -hmm. because I'm going to say, yeah, I did because the ultimate goal, right, was the the picture that I had in my mind of what mm-hmm. I was going to be. Right. There's that as an instructor the door. and mm-hmm. as my body. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But that, that's Whereas, something Tony had mentioned earlier was about leaving your ego at the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and again, that that slow and steady wins the race. Yes. Truly. Yeah. And ladies Truly. and gentlemen. Kim Rigetti's Fabic, thank you so much for the opportunity you've given us today and our listeners. I am uh, most certain that they will be hearing from you again, as I said earlier. Uh, we can't thank you enough for being part of the show, and we will be talking to you in the very near future. It was my pleasure. I enjoyed you guys. I'll enjoy you in the future, too. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, Kim, take care. All right, you guys take care. Bye-bye. So let's change it up here today, and I'm going to do the summary. huh? Let's sum this up. In our first segment today, we tackled the disease rhabdomyolysis and the complications it can cause when we put ourselves in a situation that can enable this particular syndrome to wreak havoc on our bodies. We touched on other causes of rhabdo as we affectionately refer to it at times, such as prolonged comas, drugs and alcohol abuse, and prolonged seizures just as a few examples. However, the focus for the purpose of this podcast was touching on the rare form 
we contract when overexerting ourselves while working out with little rest for prolonged time periods, causing, in this case, localized muscular trauma. We also pointed out a couple of articles, studies that only helped us understand the signs and symptoms to pay attention to that can cause an immediate cause for concern, but also demanded that coaches and trainers hold themselves accountable when putting together strength and conditioning programs, folks, making sure the health and safety of their athletes, of their individuals, are the number one priority first and foremost. We also went over an eight-point system to show preventative measures that can be followed to avoid rhabdo, as well as other overexertion problems, whether they be neurological or those causing soft tissue injury. Both we discussed extensively in our last show. And finally, we had a fantastic opportunity to listen to our real-life story with Kim Rigetti's Vabic explaining her passion for fitness and how she pushed too hard and found herself in one of the scariest moments of her life. She also showed us how that life lesson put her in a position to understand her body better and continue on living and loving a lifestyle of fitness. Her journey should be an example to so many listening to this podcast today. Okay. Thank you very much, Tony. I, I just could not get my lips and tongue to move today That's to right. do any of that. So that was uh, outstanding and very much appreciated. I think I could probably hand her, hand her nope. <laughs> Still can't get the mouth to work, but we're going to try this. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's today's show in a nutshell. So let's talk about next week. Next week, we're going to combine keto and IF together. If you recall, we said that IF can be mixed with any other eating lifestyle plan. We're going to show you how that works with the ketogenic diet, so make sure to tune in next week. Because, Tony, why is that? It's going to be a great show. I am. It's going to be, gonna be the most show. It's going to be the most important show ever, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel like that was today, but okay. Yeah, you well, know what? Yeah, you, actually, yeah. We've talked so much about it. Now we're just going to combine the two. We're just going to put them together. We're going to show you how you do that. I mean, it's just another tool in the toolbox. I've said that a million times. That's it. All right. So until then, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or opinions, you can leave us a voice message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us each week as we release new episodes every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, on behalf of Coach Tony, Miss Kim Rigetti's Fabic, and myself, thanks for listening. Thank you, folks. Hey, give us a review. We want those reviews. We love reviews. We appreciate it. See you guys next week. <laughs>